0: I remember walking in and seeing like all the hot guys serving like topless and was like, oh, uh, what's this? This is, uh, this is, this is interesting. I quite like this bar. This is a bit more my vibe, I think.
1: Hello, this is Kay Anderson and you are listening to Lost Spaces, the podcast that mourns the death of queer nightlife. Every episode, I talk to a different person about a venue from their past, the memories they created there and the people that they used to know. This week's guest is self-confessed pop culture expert, Charlie Sace, creator of RuPaul's Drag Race UK fans and host of God Save the Queens, a drag race review show on Glitterbeam Radio. We caught up to talk about his end of uni days, living in Worthing, which is a small seaside town in the south of England. It was here that he found the only gay bar in town, the Jack Horner, where, despite looking like a generic old man pub, they played Britney Spears, had dodgy karaoke nights, and gave him a chance to explore his identity. But before we get into the episode, I want to ask you a question. What was the first gay bar that you ever went to? If you're listening on Spotify, you can answer this question within the app, but if you're not on Spotify, get in touch with me anyway. Find me on most every social media platform as Lost Spaces Pod, or get in touch through my website, lostspacespodcast.com. I really want to know where people are listening from and where your first queer experience was. All right, let's get into the episode.
0: You know my first, like, gay memory? like a really weird thing to think but I remember being in primary school and playing kiss chase and thinking I'm on the wrong team I don't really I don't want to chase the girls and kiss them they're like my friends this is weird but when the boys come over who I don't really interact with and like kissing the girls I remember thinking oh I'd rather be doing that and that thought had kind of like always weirdly been there with me like oh maybe there's maybe there's something I need to uh, explore there I don't know
1: but it was one of those thoughts like that was not at the front of your brain it was like somewhere it was
0: under a glitter curtain somewhere <laughs> in the back like in a box full of like feather boas and you know it's like creeping away <laughs> <laughs> so has that box been
1: opened like it's safe to say yes right oh
0: yeah definitely yeah the box was flung open uh yeah no i think that um once i kind of like started like investigating that side of myself i felt so much more comfortable so much more myself and quite interestingly like recently um when i've been doing the stuff associated with drag race a few people that i've known from like my past in like Yeovil and worthing that i still have like on facebook a lot of them have kind of contacted me or messaged me and been like oh we're so like it's so exciting that you're like involved in that show and you just seem like so much more comfortable with who you are and I don't think I realized that I was repressing something even mm. though I was you know what mm. I mean I just thought I was going around my normal life and kind of being myself but actually it I hadn't really fully opened up and, and been who I was meant to be
1: it's so hard to know isn't it because at that age like I think you just think that you should be miserable yeah <laughs> yeah oh. <laughs> So you're like <laughs> well yeah. everyone else is pretty miserable. So like it yeah. kinda of makes sense that I'm miserable. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. you just kind of accept that there are those kind of weird and things you don't, that you're putting up. You off.
0: don't see like you really don't see like on, on T V and films like gay relationships. And I think like when or was, if you do they're tragic yeah they are tragic or they're you know they're people who are there to be kind of laughed at or mocked or that kind of thing you know what mm-hmm. I mean it wasn't you know so I think I just always thought that like, that wasn't an option you know what I mean like being younger and being into feminine things like you know it was the classic we'd get presents at Christmas and I'd want to play at my sister's presents I wasn't interested in what I was getting my mum used to smuggle me Polly Pockets you know <laughs> you know the toy so my dad <laughs> yeah. was like a proper like South London geezer and uh, my mum used to buy me like Polly Pockets and- and be like oh you know that's for you but when dad's around like maybe play with the other things and you know he was typical wanted a footballer he got a ballet dancer like that's kind of how I see it and um so my mom would like smuggle me these like kind of more girls toys and was very accepting and much more let me kind of be myself when I was growing up than then I could around him you know what I mean but so
1: did it ever like did he ever find out
0: did yeah, your sister dad... ever
1: use it against you like threatening no, well, to tell
0: she... <laughs> no she never used it against me I think once she confiscated from me like her baby camper van toy because I was playing with it so much and I remember Wait, really
1: a baby camper
0: van sorry a Barbie Barbie, oh, okay. Barbie <laughs> camper van sorry it's like Barbie can't drive <laughs> <laughs> a Barbie camper van and she was like oh you're not playing with that anymore and I remember really like like kicking it down the stairs over Christmas and being like oh whoops it was on the top of the stairs like having this real like angry moment of I want to play with the camper van um but no like you know as i've got older and um you know i think my dad's attitude has changed as the world's kind of changed you know what i mean and we mm-hmm. he's fully like accepting of who i am you know what i mean there's no no kind of qualms or issues out which is lovely i've been very blessed that there's not really anyone in my family who hasn't kind of accepted me for who i am and um I think that that was like a non-negotiable thing because it's like you either accept me or I won't be in your life anymore. That's kind of it. I wasn't prepared to not be not be me once I got there. I was like, I'm ah. never never going back. That that's, ah, that's it. That's
1: so interesting. Mm. That's I mean, s- sorry. Uh, I say that's interesting because of the contrast between like not knowing and being so tentative. Yeah. And then when you got to that stage, just being like, now, nah, man, this is it.
0: That's it. That's it. Because I think that was probably like my subconscious going look you, you could have been a lot more yourself as a teenager and not kind of hid behind other things because you were repressing it and you know I feel like it was just once I really got there and I opened that door and you know had I remember I like, having my first date with a guy and like the first time I slept with a guy and I was like th- there's no going back from this now like this is this is who I am this is what I want like, this, there is no going back it's well, done. let's uh, <laughs> let's
1: explore that a bit more like usually people's first uh, experiences
0: are awful,
1: and you well, put them off for quite a while, and it yeah, uh, sounds like that wasn't your
0: experience. The, the experience itself was a drunken uh, experience of a guy who was quite a bit older than me at the time. and um, And probably was- still is and probably still is yeah well i hope he is um and um yeah it wasn't like the most fun experience because it was it was just kind of marred with um uh, confusion and like oh have i done the right thing like is this really what i want to do like i was holding myself back quite a bit and it was um it was an odd experience like i say it was it was a real quick like meet up do the deed and go and like for your first experience you kind of want it to be a bit more Aww. like a bit more loving and emotional yeah. perhaps and with someone you kind of trust a bit more but do you know what I think I just kind of wanted to it's such a bad analogy but break the seal I just wanted to like almost like just be like right, well, well let's let's do it and then if it isn't what I want I might know afterwards and I remember reflecting on it and being like okay it was a bit weird a bit drunken maybe a little bit sleazy for a first time but at least it was like okay, but I enjoyed being in the moment with a guy and kissing a guy and, you know,
1: that Yeah, fight. totally. No, and like, you know, from my own experience, I remember when I was a teenager, like, buying all of that kind of heteronormative crap about, like, yeah. you've got to wait for the one, you've got to make sure yeah. it's special. And then yeah. I was just waiting so long because no one wanted to, like, be my one that I, I just had to get <laughs> to a point where I was like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, I'm just, <laughs> you know, I'm far less socially awkward than I was at that yeah, point. yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, so I just got to this point Where I was like, just I just have to do this because it's something that I want to experience and like it doesn't have to be perfect. But so you met him on Grind oh not Grinder, Gaydar. (laughs)
0: Yeah, on Gaydar, Gaydar. yeah. So
1: So what happened? What was your profile Uh, name?
0: Oh, it was electro heart because I was like a really cool kid. Like I was like, I'm electro heart on all like on also and actually it's like a really old email of mine now and I probably shouldn't be divulging that, because it's probably some, some hidden gay grind, gaydar grinder email sitting in that account Is it somewhere
1: like, at GeoCities
0: or um, I think I was in. At Hotmail I think at it was oh, a oh, Hotmail.com man, Yeah it was oh. a Hotmail Electroheart At Hotmail.com That was That was a choice That was one of those emails Where you know You have to go into the real world And like start applying for jobs And shit And like on I mean, your you're... CV You're like heart. And I was like Fuck <laughs> this shit um, So yeah I remember I You know what? I, I literally I was in like my dorm room And I think I drank Like a bottle of red wine And just went on there And was like Chatting away to guys And this guy was literally like Look I'll come and pick you up And uh, he picked me up We went back to his We drank a more yeah we did the thing and then he was pretty much like um oh okay like, I'll call you a cab and I was like oh okay bye and then it was like within what felt like probably about an hour's get in the cab and I was back in my dorm room and it was like oh, wow like that was uh oh, yeah it was shit. weird it was really weird and but the, oddly do you know what it didn't it didn't like put me off like I don't know it just felt like okay cool well that that that's it and the next time hopefully it'll be
1: so do you remember then the feeling like being in your dorm room like coming back and like what what were you processing like what
0: were you thinking I guess I was you know there was a, a little bit of like worry as to like Or have I been safe? Have I made sure that, you know, that side of things have been taken Uh care of and kind of like, because I had had a few drinks being like, right, have I definitely made sure that bit kind of happened? Which it had, thankfully. And then very much like, that felt a bit cold and the whole thing was a bit like oh and probably unfortunately set me up for quite a few years of that whole culture of just drinking and one night stands and that kind of vibe um but the actual act itself and being with a man another man like it didn't feel wrong it felt really nice and it may have been a bit short and sweet but at least it felt like oh i want to do that again you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah absolutely so was there was there any sense of like
0: thrill or really? is it more like the practical and a bit like obviously it felt a bit naughty and a bit like oh god like i've done that thing that i've maybe been thinking about for quite a few years like especially like growing up as like a teenager and stuff and when you have like your own sexual fantasies and for me it was like Mm. always kind of like men and women there was never you know the, the man part was like always there and um it was like oh i finally like done that you know what i mean and um but i think it's just i probably did the same thing that i, I feel like a, a, at least in my friendship group a lot of the guys kind of did and it was like that it was a bit of a drunken one night thing but it was okay cool but i've done it now and now i can actually maybe look for more like the relationship side of things which i didn't really want for quite a long time it took quite a while to actually want to have like that relationship vibe and um
1: oh so you knew so you knew that you didn't want to pursue a relationship
0: yeah i was do you know what i think because the relationship i'd with with my ex girlfriend was very intense. And it just felt like I didn't want any of that side of it for quite a while. I yeah. just wanted to be able to enjoy myself and have fun with it. And, you know, being, knowing that I was moving to like Worthing and like a lot closer to Brighton at this point and being like, well, Brighton's like, you know, like the gay capital of the UK. Like there'll be plenty of fish in <laughs> Nazi. And it just felt really like that was, that was what I was looking for for quite a long time before I was more interested in like the relationship side of things.
1: Uh, so it was kind of like putting, Your life on hold because over here is something super exciting. Yeah. So don't rush into it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So living in Worthing, living in this share house, Mm. being the mother hen, (laughs) which um, that are maybe my words and
0: not your. Oh no, mine definitely, definitely mother mother hen. Going there was. I'll cook a Sunday rose vibes like a hundred percent.
1: Oh. Oh
0: oh I wish I had a flatmate yeah
1: um, <laughs> oh so firstly were you out to your flatmate uh
0: yeah I had come out to my uh my mum and like my immediate family after that summer and whilst I was back home um I went back on the old gaydar you know it's in a pattern here and um I, I met this guy who uh lived in Ashford which was um not far from my family's home in Kent and um we used to go into ashford like on every wednesday to do shopping and that and this guy was a dancer and he was beautiful and um he messaged me on gaydar and i thought he's well out of my league so i didn't really like i wasn't really getting involved and i felt like obviously like very small city vibes that people were just messaging everyone so i didn't reply to this guy mm-hmm. and then he sent quite a few more messages and then he was like um oh i think i saw you in ashford um last week uh with a with a lady and you were both shopping and obviously that was my mum. and i was like oh yeah you might have and he was like oh why are you not messaging me back and I was like oh I don't know I thought like maybe I'm not what you're looking for and he was like well I'm messaging so I'm looking and I was like okay cool this guy was very confident and I was like well next time in Ashford why don't we go for a coffee so whilst we were in Ashford I had to say to my mum like oh um my friend <laughs> it's always a friend right my friend uh, <gasps> I'm sure I've told friend. you about him I'm sure, I'm sure I've have. mentioned my friend <laughs> I'm sure I know what well, do you have never said that name before um, I was like he's going to be in Asher so I might go and meet him for a coffee and my mum was a bit like oh okay like okay obviously me and my mum are very close and because I've been at uni for quite a while like the sun was like out time you know what I mean and I was like I'll be about an hour and I'll be back and I met this guy and I really liked him like very very quickly he was like the kind of guy that I was looking for and I remember we were in ashford which is um i'd say a very wait so hang on like let's before we get to ashford yeah
1: let's paint the picture what I... was the type of guy you were looking
0: for oh he was really pretty can i just it was just really that that was was he was just really, list, was just really pretty like really <laughs> pretty he was young attractive he was he was a dancer so yeah he had, he had lots of pictures and flexible he was great body yeah. flexible and um just was very um interesting as well like he was a bit weirdly quite like closed off like wouldn't tell me too much about him which just made it more exciting it was like oh i don't really know a lot about you but i want to and uh yeah that was that was kind of weird it was really exciting probably the first time i'd had like a crush on like a real life guy
1: so okay so so pretty Uh and emotionally innovative. yeah
0: absolutely (laughs) oh brilliant okay cool he was like the David Beckham wall poster had come to life. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, this is exciting. And so, yeah, I we started hanging out. And I remember we used to, like, sneak off around this church in Ashford to, like, have a quick snog. And it felt really naughty Aww. because it felt really, like, a bit dangerous. You know what I mean? Because, you know, it, there was a lot of... Um, you know, kind of rough and ready teens lurking around Ashford. Do you know what I mean? It was very that, it's very mm-hmm. that kind of vibe. So this felt really exciting and like, oh, it's like an actual guy whose, like, name I know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> that's a change. That's nice. And, um, and yeah, so...
1: Who's not saved in my phone as
0: guy <laughs> from Dana, <laughs> <Yeah>. number three. <laughs> guy with the pink curtains in the picture. No, and, um, <laughs> and so... I remember saying to my mum One night like Oh, can my friend come and stay And it was like Obviously she was like Yeah your friend can come and stay And it was It was this weird like I know you know I know we know But we're not going to have The conversation yet And then um, He did come and stay over. I was very respectful Of being in my mum's house I mean not really much happened A bit of kissing and all that But I was like No I'm not It just felt a bit like I'm in like my You know like my teenage bedroom As well Like when you go back home After uni You feel like you're under Mum's rules again That kind of vibe So I was like mm, Let's be good And then yeah,
1: but- but you were also a horny teenager. Yeah,
0: I know, right? It was it was difficult, and there was no churches to sneak round to uh, have that cheeky <laughs> snog. And um, I remember I went down in the morning for like breakfast, and my mum looked a bit upset. And I was like, "Oh God, it's happening! Like we're going to have the conversation." And um, she was like, oh, "Like don't don't take me for a fool." Firstly, do you know what I mean? Like if this person's staying over, um, if that's a romantic thing, then we need to have some rules in place. that. and I was like, "God, I'm fucking twenty-one! Like please, this is too much." And then. Um, she got really upset and I thought she was upset because of me and who I am and it wasn't, it was the complete opposite. She was like, I'm just so scared that you won't be able to hold your partner's hand walking down the road without being judged Mm. and that really Mm. hit a nerve with me and I was like, wow, she's not worried about the fact that this is who I am. She's worried about how other people are going to treat me and that I'm going to be treated differently and I'm going to have to kind of fight against, you know, people's bigoted ideas and morals and that kind of thing and that was really... Like, it was a real moment in me and my mum's, like... Relationship and friendship, and we hugged it out. We both got really upset, and I was like, "Listen, Mama, I was like, you know, I've I've been called every name under the sun. You know what I mean? Like I, it, I've got a very, very, very thick skin when it comes to this kind of thing, and I'll always be safe. You know what I mean? I'll always be aware of my surroundings, and that's probably main, stayed even till today. Um, but I really like this person, and that is who I am. And she was like, well, "I don't care about that. She's like, you know, but just you know, I want you to be able to be in a restaurant with your partner and hold hands, and obviously this is before." For like civil Mm. partnerships and all that kind of vibe and you know I think it was more that side of things that was difficult for her which was a real like blessed relief to be honest just scared
1: yeah it's it's I you know I had very similar conversations with my mum Mm. about this uh kind of thing and As I'm getting older, I can appreciate more the perspective that she was bringing to the conversation and why she had those concerns, why she had those worries. But I know at the time I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, can you not just let me be me? Can you not just say like, oh, I'm just really happy that you are who you are? And I think I held a lot of that resentment for a long time in like... Because it's kind kind of victim blaming, right? Like that's maybe not the right term, but it's kind of being like, oh, I wish this wasn't your life Mm -hmm. because your life is going to be so much harder. And rather than like the world is fucked up and I'm really sorry that that's going to happen to you. It's like, I just wish that this wasn't happening. And then you're like, well, yeah. so, so I have to change. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I remember saying, it is a real struggle being fabulous. And my mom's always reminded me of that sentence. <laughs> She's like, it's such a struggle being fabulous, isn't it, Charlie? And, um, you know, no, but you're absolutely right. I just, I knew it was just more that she just had that idea of, oh, I'm going to be out in public because mm. someone's mm. going to say something. But I was like, it doesn't matter because people are always going to say something. You know what I mean? There's always something to be said. Um, and you've just got to learn to to not take it to heart and i've learned that the hard way but i've learned it and now it's like i'll oh, come up with something original if someone shouts something original i actually find it really amusing you know i mean obviously i'm lucky i live in that Brighton bubble you don't get it very often but you know every now and then when you're somewhere and you hear someone say something and if it's original i'll always give them like a round of applause like i've not heard that one yeah that's fucking brilliant so, i love okay. it
1: so what so do you have
0: examples oh my god hmm someone said something the other day no oh, it was really oh do you know what i remember so i remember being in london actually and i was i was in my height of feeling my fabulous like 20 year old self and um i was like really strutting down a road and as i went past this woman she just went ear do you want some chips for that mince?" <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, yes, I fucking do. I'll have cheesy chips as well. Thank you. That's always been one of my favorites. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, props to that woman. Props sure to that listening. woman. <laughs> so, this isn't an important question, but when you were having this conversation with your mum, mm. was this guy in the
0: other room? He was, yeah, he was still in bed. He was still in bed. I know, I know. It's really <laughs> awkward, right? He was still in bed. And then, and then, um, and then I remember, like, I went back upstairs and he was like, oh, are you OK? You were, like, quite a long time. And I was like, I think I've just come out to my mum. Like, and he was like, oh, she didn't know. And I was like, well, I think she knew. I think we just haven't really said it out loud. And um, he was like, oh, that's fab. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty fab. And then we just, yeah, we just like went about our day. It was really weird. Like, I mean, listen, I'm really lucky and very blessed and privileged that you know like a kind of coming out story was like a conversation in a kitchen that didn't lead to any sort of like you know bad ill feeling or breakdowns of family mm-hmm. relationships or ostracization from your family like i'm very very lucky so i say it very lightheartedly, but i'm also fully aware that i'm incredibly blessed to have such an incredible family that just accepted me for who i am but like i said earlier i just don't think i gave many people a choice and it was like okay if that's the case then You know, I I don't know if we can be part of each other's lives. And it's just that kind of like, that's just how it needs to be for me to kind of get through, I think. Did you actually lose anyone? No, I didn't. Like I say, I mean, I'm sure there is the odd odd family member that might say the odd thing here and there when I'm not in earshot. But, you know, Mm -hmm. more I think there was, you know, the odd people in your past that you know you maybe were closer to and then they see that you're this kind of yeah. different person and they fall by the wayside but do you know what they they're not necessary then to my to who I am now and what I do today so i was yeah i was very 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 lucky did you okay and I, I i know i'm probably having to turn these questions around but
1: no 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 similar no, 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 experience fine. um well yeah like i yeah so i had the same thing of being like well this is just who i am so blah and i don't know to pinpoint it to that one thing is yeah. hard isn't it like yeah. it could have been just for any any reason <laughs> yeah. that that it happened like yeah. it could have just been like oh we're just not close enough to each other like we, like yeah physically we don't live close enough to each other so we just stop seeing each other yes. and then we just forget about yeah. each other like it could just be anything yeah i don't think there was anyone who was like do you know i just can't accept your homosexual
0: yeah and it's and it's really hard can't. because like when you when you start finding your tribe like especially for me once i got to brighton and started um spending more time in like the lgbtq venues and stuff like that and then mm-hmm. you meet people and you kind of hear their stories and you're like wow I think that's when I realized how fucking lucky I am because you hear some of the things that they've gone through and you know the unacceptance they've had to deal with and then you it makes your own story like even more like god I'm just really blessed I'm just really really lucky that that's that's the family that I came from that the love is more important than who you are spending your life with or what you're doing with other people you know and um I think it's something that we always have, like, as LGBTQI plus people. And that's why I can never understand why people from our own, you know, extended family hate on each other. I'll never understand that oh, because we really oh. have come from, we've all come from that shit, you know what I mean? And found who we are and come together. And now you want to make each other feel shit? I'll just, I'll never, ever, ever understand that.
1: It's, yeah, it's depressing.
0: It's, it's really It's
1: depressing. a waste of energy as well. It's yeah. just, it's yeah. not um so yeah the other thing I was gonna say is like I think sometimes you engineer your life in that way though right like I had always been myself mm-hmm. maybe, maybe not always but you know like those bits of me came through quite quite yeah. evidently and so yeah. I think that everyone in my life had an opportunity to get used to that or yes. yeah if they weren't into that they just didn't have anything to do with me in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, so it's hard. Like I've never I never did that thing that some people do, which is like playing the game and people pleasing and like yes. doing yeah. doing what's expected of you. Mm-hmm. And then getting to a point where you're like, Oh, by the way, everyone, I'm not <laughs> that. Like so, yeah, so yeah. I don't think it was jarring for anyone to find out. Yeah.
0: I read so, this really yeah. like um like it sounds a bit like one of those bumpy af- affirmation things, but I read it online the other day and it really like resonated. And that was, you can be a good person with a kind heart and still tell people to fuck off when you need to. And it's like that energy, like you can, you know, there are moments where you have to be like, no, I don't want you in my life. And you know, you're not, you're not helping me anymore. I'm not helping you anymore. We're not bonding anymore. And, and, and that may not be because you've come out or because of who you are. It's mm-hmm. just because friendships and relationships change as We grow up as well and get a bit older.
1: But like you know, like extending that phrase and taking out the swearing, you can be a good yeah. person with a kind heart and still like have people hate you. Like it's yeah. just like <laughs> it, it's just life, and yeah, like yeah, you just. You should not waste your energy on those people. But I mean, that's no. easier said than done. And I'm not trying to be like, very kick true. kick them out of your life. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. overthink it for three months and then kick them out of your life.
0: That's the way I would yeah. do it. <laughs> that's very true. Very, especially at <laughs> like 4am when you can't sleep. You know, like, but what did I say wrong? <laughs> what did <laughs> I say <laughs> wrong? Like, Yeah, yeah. You get to the point wrong. where you
1: are so exhausted that you've got yeah. no choice but to yes. give up on that friendship. Just do that.
0: Sound advice. I like. I'm going to put that on a T-shirt. Put that on a (laughs) T-shirt.
1: You might have bags under your eyes, but you'll get there. (laughs) So what? What happened to flexible Ashford man? Oh my god! Did I get that right?
0: well yeah yeah his name was actually ashley as well so we're not far (laughs) off um he was all the drama like like any of those kind of people are the uh the non-emotional they they don't give you a lot the reason they don't give you a lot is because they're hiding many a skeleton in that closet and it ended up getting quite dramatic and being really full on and when i had to go back obviously to university to go back to somerset it was very much like well if you go then we can't carry on (sighs) because i'm not prepared to come there and I don't want to do long distance thing. And I just thought, listen, he's beautiful. He's really beautiful, Charlie. He really, really is. But <sighs> it's not worth this aggravation. And for me, it was like, look, I'm going back to Jovo and I had to deal with going back to obviously being in the same place that my ex was. And obviously that had all gone like a bit, uh, towards the end. So I was like, I can't carry that with me as well. And then um, he just kind of fell off the face of the earth. And I guess, uh, yeah, that that's where that <sighs> ended. But for me, she- it's like- Do you
1: remember his surname then? Shall we look him
0: up? oh i think it was actually i have do you know what like i have i think you know those nights of like the uh the red wine nights where you're like i'm gonna do a bit of facebook stalking try and find this person and then if everything if anything turned up i was like no this is not a door worth uh going down again
1: do you know what i have actually forgotten the name of my first boyfriend. And so you? well, I mean, like I know his first name is Adam. Right.
0: But I can't right. I
1: can't for the life of me remember his second name. And that's like <laughs> such a blessing. Because yes, I can't yes. do any like late night looking up. But like I've gone through all these like creative ways of like trying to figure out how to find him and I just cannot yeah. find him. And oh like, it's yeah, for the best. <laughs> I mean yeah like what difference will it make if I know what he's up to in his life? But it's yeah.
0: I, I've uh, every
1: now and then it's like, oh yeah, I used to go out with that. Guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, what's he doing?
0: <laughs> I always feel really sorry for the people who have a, a horrible ex who gets famous, because then they have to see that ex everywhere. Like, can you imagine being James oh, Corden's ex yeah. and being like, oh my god, I can't stand that person, and like they're the everywhere. Like, yeah, the shame would be so bad already, but then you'd have to see that <laughs> stupid <laughs> face in every <laughs> fucking film and every TV show. Like, yeah, I always feel so. Hopefully. If any of my exes are out there don't any of you get famous because I don't want to see your faces ever again your exes especially for a reason.
1: don't write a song called Charlie that becomes a number one
0: <laughs> seller, Oh, oh I'd, really nice. <laughs> I'd be furious I'd be furious I'd be like royalties royalties you could like you could dine out on that though you could you really could that's true I mean, Adele's, Adele's exes must just be like, oh god, we're just writing her another album every time we break up with her, like, they must have a little committee, like, how much do you think you've made Adele this week? I've probably made her about three million dollars. <laughs>
1: she's just got to think of new ways to get dumb. That's That's the pressure she's under.
0: Very very true. It must be a very hard life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, okay. So Ashley's out of the picture. You're back in Oval, mm. but then you're not in Yeovil yeah. because you moved to Worthing and then you're yeah. living with a bunch of people and then you go to Jack Horner
0: and then we go to the jack horner uh yeah i remember we we there was another club in uh, in worthing there was a really trashy club by the train station and a lot of the students went there for like always why are they always (laughs) by train stations it's hilarious and um you know i think that was called eastern's something along that vibe and um i remember being there one night on one of the like student nights and dancing and having like time my life but always it's all very straight you know what i mean and you're like you know it's great but it's Mm. and um i remember like chatting to some random girl in the smoking area like you do and being like oh where are you going like artists she's like oh i'm going to the gay pub and i was like sorry the what (laughs) sorry the what what uh i didn't get this memo i didn't get this what we're talking about she's like yeah there's like a gay pub in worthing and uh, she's like it's not open really late so we're gonna we're gonna head there pretty quickly and i was like okay cool like i'm going i'm getting my things i'm coming with you and um it was you know all respect if anyone I still know that works there it was a dive pub it really was a dive pub right but I remember going in and there was like this little bar the pool table in the bag a tiny little stage where probably some crazy drunk person was doing karaoke and cute people behind the bar and being like ah oh, this is it i love this this is like i feel like i can relax because i quite like that old man pub environment i'm quite uh-huh. into that i like i feel like there's a like a familiarity that i really love about that's being a south londoner i think deep down like i like an old man pub and um and just being like this is really cool this is really like there's no people like super dressed up there was no kind of like fancy lighting or any of that kind of stuff it was just people sitting and chilling and enjoying themselves and avoiding listening to that mad woman on the karaoke and it was you know i just thought wow this is really cool and then we stayed there for a couple of drinks it was lovely and then literally the next night i was like i'm going there like i'm not even doing the the mad dancing place i'm not into any of that i want to go there, there and four, wanna... I'm
1: waiting for them to move in i'm storming in <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's exactly it. I, like, I want to get I want to get a prime seat at the bar before the other people turn up and um I have made um some really lovely friends like kind of outside of the the pub itself just from my housemates and then meeting new people because they'd started a new term and our house was a very social house it was very much people coming over and um one of my friends friends he um he was a bit younger than than us guys and um I remember he came over one night and was like oh can I have like a, a chat and I was like yeah of course you can and he I was like oh like Livy the girl I was like she's not here and he was like no no I wanted to talk to you and I was like oh okay cool I was like, oh, he's really cute, but cool. And then, um, he was like, oh, um, i I think I'm, I think I'm gay. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, that's cool. I was like, have you like told anybody else? And he was like, no, no, not yet. I don't really like know what to do. With it. And I guess I was coming across at that point in my life as a bit more confident. It was very open about the fact that I like guys and wasn't like hiding anything anymore. Uh, never had a boyfriend. I was permanently single. But I was like the most single fun gay he'd ever met. That's how I felt. And um, I was like, well, look, why don't you come with me to this pub? And uh, he had lived in Worthy Night's like, whole life was like oh no like we say don't go in that pub like it, they what they've done is they created this really seedy reputation for this place because it was the only gay bar there and so what they done is like almost a bit of a smear campaign and said like oh, no you don't that's for like the weirdos you know what i mean and i think that a lot of gay pubs especially in smaller towns they mm, get that mm. reputation like don't go in there like it's weird in there you know what i mean and i remember my head on you as soon as you walk in yes like,
1: i wish there were bars like that
0: yeah i know <laughs> i know. I was like that's what the gay does for not the pub like that's <laughs> yeah. where you want to be going and um we ended up kind of going going to the the jack and we met you know there was obviously like some you know like older gay guys that were living in worthing that were going there and that was like their regular pub and um what was really nice about it is okay there might have been the odd snog here and there some things may have happened but on the whole it was very it felt very like wholesome and felt very like actually they could tell that we were two kind of younger gay guys and we just trying to like kind of find our way in the gay world a little bit and there was lots of for all the nights of like mad karaoke and getting on the pool table and lock-ins there were also lots of nights of just going there and sitting and chatting and having a few beers and you know for us it was normally the prelude to like going out that night and getting in you know getting on the train to Brighton and coming having like our mad nights out but I always like looked forward to that bit really more than the going out and getting really kind of like off the tree you know I mean because it just felt very like it was being able to have conversations. I think that was the main thing because I didn't really have that in my life. I didn't have anyone in my family that was gay that I could kind of chat to, or any like older friends that had kind of maybe been through some stuff that you could talk to. And um, and so specifically,
1: yeah. you're talking about th- those kind of intergenerational conversations.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And um you know, not even people that were necessarily that much older than us, but just obviously lived in a town where there was like this, you know, almost like this hub where they could go and meet mm-hmm. other people and talk about it and feel relaxed in that environment and you know like weirdly like going into a pub and like they're playing Britney Spears and it's not ironically it's because they actually like the song like all these little things that you feel like oh you just it just felt very very comfortable and yeah it was just um It was a really fun time and it was it was like any excuse to kind of like, oh, well, let's just go. Let's go down the jack. And it was. um, Yeah, I I really, I really, really enjoyed it. It just was really nice to to find people, have conversations and feel like you could be yourself and you could get on karaoke and be a bit flamboyant and silly because you didn't feel like you were going to, you know, get get clocked. uh, yeah get clocked or get even abused or have any trouble mm. lead from it you know what i mean and i remember the odd time you'd be in there and like obviously some you know very like heterosexual people would walking and you know you wouldn't you couldn't help yourself but you'd finally be able to be like we can give them daggers ah how the tables have turned you know that so how be, do you
1: determine nice. if they're heterosexual
0: oh the clothes babe the clothes come on you all know <laughs> <laughs> they weren't listening to Brittany. Like they weren't listening to her like we they were. They
1: didn't know the words to Lucky. <laughs> well,
0: they didn't they didn't come in doing the oops hand movement. So we knew. No, I just, you, you know, you could tell when there was like a kind of group of lads that would kind of stumble in there, like not realising maybe the vibe of the pub. And um, I mean, obviously all were welcome and that was what was really nice about it. But there was, you know, I can remember a couple of instances where there might be a little bit of trouble and instantly, you know, the whole pub would rally and it'd be like, no, out. We're not tolerating any of that here. You know what I mean? i do remember i remember being there one night when it got egged and that felt really yeah it felt really horrible it's a really yeah it was horrible and um it was really opposite like a a massive supermarket and these kids had just gone and got eggs and we were you know i mean obviously you're in the pub the music's playing that kind of thing but i just remember seeing them running past and all these like plop, plop 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 hit the window and um It just felt really sad. It was like, oh. This
1: this is our one space.
0: Yeah. This is the one space. You know what I mean? And um, I think it was one of those things where we all just didn't talk about how sad it was. It was like, oh, that was annoying. Let's clean the window. Stupid kids. But inside, we all felt, oh, that's really shit. You know what I mean? That's really shit. Like, we don't need that. Crap! there's enough mm. shit just let us sit here and have a drink you know what i mean without having to deal with oh that mm. horrible world out there can be really yeah. horrible sometimes and it's this
1: kind of weird like punching down thing right like it's like oh no one's going to be really mad at yeah. us if we do this because everyone hates those fags anyway so let's just go and do it
0: absolutely yeah absolutely like you know there'd be no putting in a report about it or find out who yeah. those kids were yeah. like nothing would get done nothing and it was very much like i remember the landlords at the time saying like i'm I'm not wasting my energy because I'm not going to get anything out of it. And, but it still felt like a safe space. And that was what was really good about
1: and it. And so you were talking about not really
0: registering when it shut. Mm. When did it shut? Oh, God. I think it was like. i think it was 2012 i believe that it actually did close and then it reopened in 2015 no longer as a gay bar it's um it's it's now called the corner house i think and um it's uh yeah you're kind of like you know no disrespect to the lovely people i'm sure at the corner house i've never been there so i can't no No, fucking corner house bitches seriously no uh, (laughs) it just is another generic worthing pub as far as i've seen so Mm -hmm. you know that whole thing now has gone and um you know i haven't been back to worthing in quite a long time um I don't know if there's now an alternative kind of like space uh, that was similar to the Jack that might have sprung up, but um, not that I saw, not that I've Mm. seen or heard of. Um, I mean, we're not far from Brighton. And, you know, in Worthing, it was always that thing of like, you know, when you're not that far from a place, I think like, you know, Manchester or London has a good vibrant kind of gay scene. You do, I think, find that the spaces around it do slowly disappear because people more congregate in those big city spaces. And that might just be what Mm. happened to the Jack.
1: I'm going to ask you this, question and i recognize that it's like a stupidly big question and that you couldn't possibly have the answer so if you don't like have an opinion or anything then that's absolutely fine um (laughs) i've just ruined the question by over explaining it sorry (laughs) do you think that we're ever going to see small town gay bars again
0: i don't know do you know i think a lot as well i think a lot of people get those interactions now probably Mm -hmm. from online And um, it's obviously not the same thing. But, you know, a lot of people, I think doing the world of the like rpdr uk fans and the twitter and the instagram and facebook stuff that i do associate with drag race a lot of people go on social media now and go "Oh, i'm looking for my tribe i'm looking for people that are into this and into that and if you know someone can you like me and add me and follow me and da, 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 And they probably create their own little chat groups and, do that kind of thing. and what they're creating is online gay bars and they're all probably you know kind of doing it a lot more virtually now now i've lived in you know a big city brighton for the past like 15 16 years so i haven't been in that kind kind of small town community for a while interesting enough my family live in uh, New Romney down in Kent and I went uh, back there to see my mum and sister to see a show in Folkestone I don't know if you're aware of Folkestone Uh, it's down yeah down on the coast so we were at Folkestone to see this uh, musical theatre show okay and um, we were in the queue to go into the venue and I saw this like quite like pumping looking pub opposite uh with lots of outside space and then it had a massive disco ball and I was like oh my god like that looks really cool in there and my sister was like yeah that's scuba that's the gay pub and I was like a gay pub in Folkestone. Where were all these gay pubs when I was in Kent growing up as a confused teenager? And she was like, yeah, it's always been a gay bar, Charlie. Like, I'm sure I've told you that. And I was like, no, you have never told me that. Annoyingly, we had to go into the show because I was straight away like, I want to go in there. Like, I want to see all those people that took the piss out of me in school that are probably sitting in that gay bar now. And like, I know you were mean to me because you were gay as well and you couldn't stand the fact (laughs) that there was another gay and that's why you probably were really horrible to me. But um, I I feel like, yeah, probably in a lot of in small towns there are kind of like gay pubs, gay spaces, and they are kind of maybe springing back up. I mean obviously you do this show quite a lot and in your experience I'm guessing a lot of them have disappeared and gone. Is that the general consensus?
1: Yeah yeah. Yeah so there's two things that I want to respond and I need to make sure I don't forget the second one when I start with the first one. The first one, this whole thing about people who were horrible to you when you were a kid who Mm. are now gay or who are now like Mm. yay everyone should be proud and free like I have a real hard time reconciling
0: that Mm -hmm. and
1: I'm a bit like fuck you you're not allowed to grow yeah unless you (laughs) apologize to me (laughs) Yeah,
0: I want reformations yeah no I'm with you a hundred percent a hundred percent how do you do it well do you know I had I've had like a couple of different mixed experiences in this like field I've had one where um someone who will absolutely remain nameless because i wouldn't want to kind of out someone that's not what i'm about was it barry it wasn't barry no <laughs> it wasn't barry was um David? <laughs> no. Was no 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 um, who who messaged me kind of more in recent years on facebook and um was like oh um you know the conversation started really generally and just like oh how are you and i see you're in brighton now and i see you have a partner now and all this and then went a bit more like oh i, I i kind of wish back in the day that i'd said something like i wish that i'd like kind of like made a move maybe and i was totally like shocked by this i was really blown away because this was not a person who i thought was anyway like in our way inclined and um I, I kind of was like well that's you know obviously like it's flattering and all really lovely and i was like oh are you, are you with someone now are you like you know have you like explored that side of you and it's like absolutely not like i think what they've done is they've kind of reached out to me it's like one well, of the only like gay people they know who they could like have a conversation with and i find that really Sad, you know, it's really, and you know, you try and do that thing of like, I'm not here. He's like
1: everyone's gay mentor.
0: Yeah, I know. It is a bit like gay mentory, but you know what? I really don't have time to be everyone's gay mentor. Um, the gay room, the gay room, not the guru, the gay room. And, um, and you know, I was, you know, I've been very polite about the whole thing, but I remember being really shocked by that and really like, wow, like I did not expect that from from that person and wasn't necessarily someone that gave me a hard time, but was in that group of people that had given me a hard time. Yeah, and yeah, you feel yeah. very and sometimes like.
1: Sometimes doing nothing is also like as bad.
0: A 100%. Yeah. I'm like, well, where were you with your, I want to, you know, do things with boys when I was like but you know we all go through our own journey you know what I mean hopefully that person will figure it out for themselves and all that kind of vibe but it is it is weird and then you have the other experience where people might pop up from the past and comment on something that you're you're tagged in like whether it's dressing up at Halloween or we know stuff that I've done with like drag queens and stuff like that and they're like oh I knew that was who they were like and it's like what do you mean by that you knew that's who I was and it's like oh I knew you'd be like kind of one of them type vibe and you're like oh fuck off like you know what I mean it's 2021 series Seriously, like, are we never gonna? But they are the people with no disrespect to anybody out there that is from a small town that have stayed in their small towns and have that kind of like small town mentality. You know that one where it's like it just they they've never really grown up and and changed.
1: Yeah. And and what are they trying to achieve by saying? Yeah, rather? yeah, I am this that one. Right. I am
0: that one in the pink wig, friendly around, fucking deal with it. You know what I mean? Like it's I'm having a great time it's doing fantastic. it. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah eyeballs. Brilliant. <laughs> oh that's it oh, yeah people are so horrible yeah
1: um I get what you're saying and I agree with it and my head agrees with it mm. like you know people have their own journeys people change people make mistakes yeah but it's just that that raw child mm. in the middle mm. of my core that's just like <laughs> no, no no you're not getting a second <laughs> chance I'm sorry that's you're just nah that's it there was
0: right. that great scene um queer in queer as folk the the uk version of queer as folk where um he gets the guy the main guy like his school bully kind of comes on him and he like rebuffs him and it's like no i'm not interested and then like a couple of months later he sees that same school bully in a gay bar and um the the school bully is like living his life and, and he gets up on the microphone it's like he shouldn't be allowed in this space he put me through hell he's not a true ally like and i just was like i want to be that moment that character like i think that's. <laughs> Where you're uh, coming from. Like, no, you don't get to be in this space. You don't get to celebrate with us. You don't get to listen to Lady Gaga and learn the dance moves. You fucked that. You should have been. You should have been supportive <laughs> when we needed it.
1: <laughs> the other thing that I wanted to say when you were talking about like people finding their tribe, and isn't it funny how like everyone talks about their tribe? Is like five years ago, no one talked about mm. their tribe. But anyway, that's a that's a by the by. Yeah. <laughs> When people are looking for their tribe online, the thing that's different from, I mean, other than it's a virtual space and not a physical space, is that you're not in there with people who have different worldviews than you. Because you're so, like, niche in, yeah, like, what you're looking for. You're looking for, you know, this kind of person who likes yeah. this and who lives here and da-da-da. And so you're not having those small-town experiences where it's a pub where it's like, well, there is yes. only one gay bar. We've got no choice. We have to go to this place. Yeah. And and that guy there is really cool yeah, and gross, yeah. but I'm going to have to learn to, like, yeah. just, like live in the same <laughs> sphere Let's as him. And, like, yeah, th- yeah. In the examples yeah. you're talking about, it's like, oh, I prefer Raja to to Katya. Yes. Like, yeah, and yeah, and that's yeah, not yeah. Really yeah. 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 I mean people people make conflict out of that but it's not really a conflict.
0: Yeah, 100% and I think you're right it's um when when people that are all into the same thing come together where's the conversation going to go other than talking about the thing they all came there to talk about. So it's not the same experience as like you say being in a in a pub in a real world environment and um and, and living it because one of the things is, that was really great about that is that you would have the odd person who you couldn't stand and no shadow of a doubt they'd always be mm. a regular as well you have to do that whole uh, oh, hi hi you know what I mean that oh, I type vibe and uh, oh. Oh, I had a great day lovely oh my god we've we both been here <laughs> <in him laughs> for three hours I didn't realise you know what I mean that that type of thing but that's that's exciting mm-hmm. that is interesting do you know what I mean it, it's like oh god I bet we're going to go there and he's going to be sitting there like oh I bet it's going to be an owl table you know that thing oh, like, like I bet they'll be on our table like oh, gosh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> And you'd always bump into them, like, at the Mm. bar, you know, and you're, like, both ordering a drink and you lean into order and they'll always be, like, next to you and you're like, oh, fuck's Uh, uh, sake, like, now we've got to do the real, hi, oh, how's your day been? Like, I hate you. Ah." (laughs) Not that I hate anyone, I'm very passive
1: and very lovely. (laughs) Uh, No, absolutely, and like, you learn to, like, just exist with other people that you can't stand, which I guess you're not really doing in the same way in those spaces with your... Tribe, and I'm doing the inverted commas, yeah. everyone.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that whole tribe thing I find really fascinating.
0: It's interesting. It's um it's like you say, it's a word that's kinda of come up out of nowhere. I mean, we I, I get a lot like obviously the fandom, mm-hmm. you know, and we get that with the with the drag race five, like, oh you're just the fandom. And then what annoys me about that is that you're just saying this whole group of people are going to have the same mentality. Like I'm sure there are people in those tribes within a tribe that probably do have different opinions, but to stay within that group, they probably keep them mm-hmm. to themselves. And uh, that that just uh, I, I'm not I'm not into that you know what I mean I'm I don't I don't really enjoy that I quite like to be challenged and to have different opinions I think that's really important and um yeah like
1: to do that when it's not actually talking to each other when it's words typed in like I find that really hard because <laughs> my sense of humor does not translate <laughs> I can imagine, actually, I can. <laughs> just sound like a bitch. I can I'm sorry, imagine anyone that. who's interacted with me online and I've just sounded like a bitch. It's definitely not been my intention. Um,
0: what do you remember most from those days? I mean, there was a, back in those days, there was a lot of drink involved. So, so nothing? It was, it was not really a lot. No, I think what I remember the most is just... Just that feeling of being like, I'm in a... I mean, safe space is a word that also gets thrown around a lot with words like tribe recently, but that genuinely felt like a safe space. And I think that was just the first time in my life that I had, you know, experience going to a safe space that I could go on the regular. Mm. You know what I mean? That It wasn't like a one-off, like you know, being like young and partying and you go to like fun, fab things like GAY in London and stuff like that and be like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And like coming over to Brighton and going to Revenge, that was always like, wow, this is like really exciting. But this was the first time there was one that was like on my doorstep with people who I got to converse with and get to know. And just that feeling of, I wanted to be there all the time. It really was. I was just like, couldn't wait to like, you know, get back from uni or get back from work or whatever the situation was, get changed, get doubled up and go down there and just sit there and be like, Oh, I just, I feel really relaxed and, and really at home at home in a space that like, like that old man pub vibe that i've always felt quite uncomfortable in i think that was what was quite Uh, entertaining about it as well for me because you know that whole like straight man pub vibe you know what i mean and it's like suddenly i was in what looked like a straight man pub But they were playing the Britney. There was cute guys behind the bar. We were, you know, we were chatting about silly things and being outrageous and being silly and being flamboyant and not having to check ourselves Mm. constantly. And um, that just felt really amazing. You know what I mean? It really was. And I'm really lucky that I got to be there during those, I think, were quite like golden years for that place. And um, it is a real, it is a real, real shame that it's not there anymore. I remember when I first went to Worthing and saw that it wasn't, you know, it changed its name to The Stage. And I went and saw it as a stage and unfortunately it was like closed on that. It was like a Monday afternoon and they were obviously not doing great. So they were trying to, you know, do that thing that pubs do where they close certain days. And I was like really gutted, like, oh, we can't go in there. And then it must have been a few years later when we went to Worthing again and suddenly it was just all gone and it was just this really generic looking pub. And it was just like a bit of a heartbreak moment. It was like, oh, that's really like, that's gone now. And I don't have many photos from that time because, you know, we were still back in the days of not great camera phones and all that. So you didn't, you know, so it's really, like, it's just all in here. And that's really weird in this day and age because everything's so, like, slapped on a computer screen, slapped on a phone screen, you can relive it straight away. I mean, Facebook's constantly reminding you what you were doing 15 years ago, you know what I mean? But those memories, they they feel a bit more special because they're mine, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's what's really nice about it. Yeah, I mean, like, really, this is, like, the first generation to grow up with social media being an instant part of their, like, their childhood, their teenage years. And I don't think we really have seen, like... Maybe that's like, the oh, ramification of what social media's yeah. gonna have. Yeah. They're so fucked up. Like they're so <laughs> fucked up, honestly. You know, where I work, I work with a lot of like like younger waiters and waitresses and that kind of thing. And I sometimes I hear them talking and I'm like, wow, like conversations they're having are just like above and beyond my head because i'm like you're talking about really intense stuff like you know everything's very like everyone's self-aware now like everyone feels like they can kind of brand themselves like and it's like when did we start talking like that when did we start talking like we were ikea products like this is my brand you know i just find that whole mentality really strange and that would have been like snapped out of you in pubs like the jack corner (laughs) what do you mean your brand (laughs) shut up have a drink do you know what i mean like that that maybe they're missing I do Uh, find that fascinating, that whole
1: branding (laughs) of yourself and how limiting yeah. that is I, I just I find it really limiting anyway maybe other people don't because they've only got like one interest and so therefore it fits their brand but like yeah <laughs> when <laughs> yeah, you can't be this multi-dimensional <laughs> person who like you know likes construction and drag race like you kind of have to just you yeah. can't talk about one <laughs> part of your life you kind of have to do this you kind of have to, have to lean into this you have to yeah. make sure you look a certain way yeah. I find that all a bit stifling
0: a bit yeah yeah difficult. Yeah, it's it's quite sad. It's, you know, like, branch out, chill out, and relax. You know what I mean? And just...
1: But meanwhile, they're making, like, (laughs) £200,000 a month, and you're sitting here stuck talking to me. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> this has been one of the most entertaining podcasts I've ever done. So don't no, I really enjoyed it. It's nice. I really, really had a good time. Like absolutely. You it don't is. need to say that. It's okay.
1: <laughs> Let's bitch about the people That's... from your work. Come on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, because they will listen to this. Oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> I love all um, of you. I love, I love you all too. of you. Um, yeah. Yeah. See, so you heard it here first. <laughs> uh... <laughs> no, but it is. It's really. It's really nice to like have that stroll down memory lane. Do you know what I mean? It like it's it's just so nice to to re- to think about it. And also it makes you realise like, God, I was such a fucking mess. Like I was such a dramatic little mess. Like I really fucking was like and that makes you have a bit more empathy for oh these God. like for the younger people Hold that I'm down. around. Because I'm like, oh like yeah. I don't think yeah.
1: that I've come away <laughs> with the impression that you were a dramatic mess. Maybe I need more illustrative examples. No. <laughs>
0: No, I mean, it was just very light. Obviously, like I've said before, like we were kind of like the younger people in that pub, but we were always like the ones that were like up doing the karaoke and it'd always be like inevitably when it's students all living together that so-and-so slept with so-and-so and and then she didn't do the washing (laughs) up and that didn't happen. It'd always get pulled into the jack corner when we were there having a drink. So it would always start off really nice and it would always be like, you know, there would it would get to that point where it's like, normally it was like the kicking out time, and that would be the point where someone would want to bring up the fact that the washing up wasn't done that night, and by this point you're all like, you know, four sambukas in, and you're like, oh well I'll tell you what, you know what I mean? And there was always that kind all of water vibe. down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the drama was minuscule, it was, you know, it was... A, that was probably... But there is
1: nothing the club. more fun than blown out of proportion drama.
0: Oh my god, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's we live. I
1: am not backing down from this (laughs) fight. I do not care how unimportant it is, I am gonna win.
0: And that's one of the best things as well about being in a pub Where someone else is having that blown out of <laughs> proportion drama And you get real life television Real life television There's nothing like it When you're just sitting there watching like Oh my god and now she's left And now she's got up and left yeah, She's gonna yeah, come back She's come yeah. back She's come back Like I love oh, that I love like, that can,
1: Like when, uh, whenever like, there's one person whose uh, volume is much louder than the other person And the other person's like Can we just keep it down And then they're like No I'm not gonna keep it down <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: that's so much fun. Oh. I have to say, in that situation, I'm the one going, No, I will not keep <laughs> too, it down. Like, too. I am definitely I am that so person. Like, yeah, good. I good. don't care who hears
1: <laughs> this because I'm right.
0: They'll agree with me. <laughs> yeah definitely be the loud one in that situation a hundred percent
1: yeah Well also like it is actually a good tactic because the other person will back down if they don't like oh, having yes. people looking at them they'll just be like right fine you're correct yeah so
0: they go yeah but that's like the situation where it's like the drunk person trying to argue with the sober barman. That <laughs> like the barman is always gonna win that. And I love watching those explode as well. And then the barman literally doesn't like security. <laughs> that is one of my that's one of my favourite things to watch in a pub, to watch that moron get thrown out. And I have been that moron occasionally, but more often than not, I'm the person watching. So it when you are that moron,
1: how long do you wait <laughs> yeah. till
0: you go back to that bar?
1: Or do you just just, just accept? it? So I that was once
0: I was well. Oh no, you never accept it. You never accept it because then they've won. So, what I remember, I got banned for life from um a gay bar in brighton (laughs) and i would love to be really juicy and gossipy of uk but the problem is i don't know why i got banned for life that's probably how messed up i was that night and um i remember going back the night after and being told by security you're banned for life and i was like but why and they were like the fact you can't remember makes it worse charlie so you're definitely like a
1: certificate or something And i was like
0: but well, I thought I might get a diploma, I might get some sort of like special trophy, like there was none of that. But then the, the bar that I'd been banned from, unfortunately, had a fire. So there was a fire at this bar. Don't so admit, to anything, to, do do not admit to anything
1: on this recording. Nothing to do with me. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> to do
0: with me. Nothing to do with me. But after they did a bit of a refurb, I thought I'd be really cheeky. And I went back and I was like, well, now it's like technically a different bar. Would I be able to come back in? And I think I was so brazenly cheeky. They were like, okay, you've got one more chance. And then I was allowed back in the bar and thankfully never got kicked out of anywhere again for anything So you didn't like walk
1: in with a lighter that you were flicking on going like... (laughs) Now that the place is burnt
0: down. With a... (laughs) <laughs> with an aerosol can, <laughs> just like <laughs> no, none of, no, nothing of the sort. I was absolutely on record, nothing to do with that fire. It just so happened to be around the time that I uh, thought, well, I'm can I can hopefully get back into it, and they did, they did let me back in. I think it's just from being Aww, so brazen, like charm works. you know, we've we've gone through this, ma- we've gone through this massive tragedy. We spent loads of money, and you cheek <laughs> to come back and be like, yeah, but can I come back <laughs> in now? Um, but yeah, it, wor- it worked. <laughs>
1: Do you have any memories from the Jack Horner or clubbing from your own queer scene that you want to share? Well, if you do, please get in touch. I want to create the biggest online record of people's memories and stories of queer clubbing. Go to lostspacespodcast.com and find the section Share a Lost Space and tell me all about what you got up to. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the user handle Lost Spaces Pod. Find out more about Charlie by following him on Twitter as either his personal account, which is IAMCharlieSace, or the account for RuPaul's Drag Race UK fans, which is RPDR UK fans. Lost Spaces is not only a podcast, but a concept record as well. I have been writing songs about queer venues and the people who used to live their lives there, and will be releasing songs over the coming year. You can hear the first single, Well Groomed Boys, which is also playing underneath my talking right now, on all good streaming platforms. If you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you subscribed, left a review on your podcast platform, or just told people who you think might be interested in giving it a little listen to. I am Kay Anderson, and you have been listening to Lost Spaces.